Anime Pulse, episode 580. Hello, I'm your host, Joseph, joined once again by my co-host, Andrew. Hello, hello, yep, hi, hi, here, present. Yes, we are, we are like the late, or at least I am, I'm like that kid that runs in just as the bell is like ringing at the uh, at high school, and the teacher's oh, like, yeah. glad you could join us today, Mr. Martin. Mm-hmm. Naughty. Yes. You have to bring in your Please late slip. Or face attention. Yes. Oh. Or if it's an anime, you'd be standing outside with buckets at this point. Yeah, I'd be standing outside with buckets, holding them up, and then mm-hmm. that the cute girl that I have a crush on is also standing out there holding buckets because I made her late because we bumped into each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where I learned her dirty little secret. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Oh. Well, I think we should probably just get straight into IRL news. Yeah, definitely. No objections there. Let's go. Okay. So, how's your week been? My week has been okay. Uh... We had a giant snowstorm hit us, our forced nor'eastern, as it were, and it uh, dumped about eight to eight to nine inches in the span of like four hours. Ooh, yeah. So we got hammered with snow over here. Um, in fact, my office was kind of in a state of like just being closed, in a sense. Uh-huh. But I, you know, being the diligent worker, went into work anyways and without any snow tires on my car and just, you know, really having a hazardous time getting up Widow Susan Road, which is called Widow Susan Road for a reason. Um, And I was able to get to work, though, a lot earlier than I thought I would because I left like a full hour ahead of time. Uh, than I normally mm-hmm. do, and I was thinking, oh, I'll get to work on time today because uh, you know snow will snow will hold me up. Well, after I got off Widow Susan, I got on sixty seven. It was actually not terrible. Uh, it was, in fact, it was nice because there were basically no other cars on the road, so it was just kind of me. And uh, I was able to get to work actually half an hour early. <laughs> uh huh. Well, that's good. Or bad, yeah. depending on your perspective on work. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I got in there, and it was really nice because the office was also very empty. No Tweedledee and Tweedledum to annoy me the entire time. I had the whole oh. office to myself. My operations supervisor was also there, but um, you know he uh, he helped out do stuff here and there, and we had our chit chats. They bought uh, they bought apple cider donuts for the office, so. Uh, I was able to partake in some of that. They were okay. And they weren't nice. as yeah, as amazing as my operations supervisor made them out to be, but whatever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. It's free, so you know. Yeah, it's free. I won't I won't argue with that. Um yep. I've been playing, of course, a lot of fake grand order still. Uh <laughs> spent uh, any more? How's how's the costs going? still reasonable i did spend a little bit more last event i think Uh it was the last event 
Um, mm -hmm. Yes, it was the last event. I spent some more quartz to uh, to see if I couldn't get uh, get some servants from that, and uh -huh. uh, didn't actually get any servants from it. Or no, wait. Yeah, okay. That I'm thinking of the previous event. Um, there've been so many events lately; it kind of all like colluded together. But yes, I have spent more money. I only spent like another eighty bucks on it, so you know it's not mm -hmm. not terrible. I think it was the uh, Alter Chan event, so I have the uh, Alter version of Jean de Arc. Uh huh. Yep. So it's her her dark version now. Apparently, she has ah, like the that's... highest attack of any. Uh, any servant in the game currently, even in Japan. So once I get her nice and leveled up, I'll definitely be putting her, uh, putting her out there for my friends to use. Oh, okay, cool. So you can share characters and that sort of like send units to your friends. Yep. So it's basically like you can set up like a support category. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like how like you know you can, um, you can like uh, send heroes like, over in Fire Emblem. Yeah, like in Fire Emblem, you yeah. can like s send your hero out there to be used like during those like um, tournaments and whatnot, and like other people use your unit alongside theirs to win that round. Um, it's kind of like that, except you get to select what unit from your friends you can use, and if the character is your friend or the person is your friend, you can actually use that servant's uh, noble uh, phantasm. So. Which is nice, because mm -hmm. otherwise they're just yeah. uh, they're just an attacking def uh, attacking unit, and they don't do anything with their their NP. Ah, I see. Mm -hmm. oh. uh, but I have had some good fun. I've currently I'm working on the uh, there's the Alter Santa Saber event that's going on, which it's just uh, the Alter version of Saber. Dressed like Santa. <laughs> ah, right, so Christmas is already under underway. Christmas events, eh? Yeah, in fact, it's funny because this Christmas event came out before the Thanksgiving event is going to be coming out next week. Huh, wonder why that is. Yeah, it's, it's very... Yes. Oh yeah, there was also uh, a, a bit of a misspelling, as Shieldbro points out. Um, or not misspelling, sorry, the uh, December event, because it's not December, but if you look at the... Oh, right, okay, okay, I was looking for the typo, I was like, wait, am I dyslexic? Isn't that how you spell December? Yeah, All it's right. uh, okay. 1113 to 1120, mm. December. <laughs> yeah, right. Ah, I see. Gotcha. Uh, uh, let's see, anything else? Anything else coming to mind? Uh... Uh, I mean, this week I'll be making some uh, pumpkin bars for work mm -hmm. and for my Thanksgiving that I'll be having with my family. It's going to be a three-day week for me, so Friday and Thursday, Saturday and Sunday I will have off. In fact, I, yeah. uh, depending on what I find out tomorrow, I might also take off the Monday after Thanksgiving so that I can get my tires changed because... I got lucky these past couple of times, but the trying to get up my driveway on Saturday taught me that I definitely need, or not Saturday, on Thursday, I definitely need to have my car with winter tires because getting up our driveway 
which is a dirt driveway, um, during winter is nearly impossible with the tires I got on. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. So I gotta, gotta make that appointment, get my car in there, get the tires put on. I'm gonna have them take the old tires and just keep them this time because they're kind of useless. They're almost bald at this point. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. No point. Yeah. Yeah, I also need to force myself to buy new tires, so this will definitely be the reason. Because otherwise I'll be mm-hmm. driving on studs. Yeah, can't have when that. Sp- it's also a waste of fuel, too. On top yeah. of everything else, if you don't have good tires. When spring so. comes around, you want to get rid of those studs, because otherwise you're driving around, it just sounds like... The entire time. Yeah. No good. Also, it's illegal. No. Haha. Oh, it's illegal? I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you drive them past, or do you drive studs past May, uh, you will get a ticket. I guess it's partially because it damages roads and shit. Mm-hmm. Yep, so you're digging in with metal. Yeah, so it's taking that off this. So taxpayers are paying for those road repairs, so it's kind of, yeah, I get that. Cool. Yep. Um, I've been playing more Overwatch. A new character came out called Ash. She's uh, She had a really, really fantastic introduction in the uh, latest Overwatch short that came out, which features McCree, Ash, and McCree's uh, robotic partner, who I'm guessing is also going to be a, uh, a hero at some point, which I'm kind of excited for because it's a giant female, like, uh, walking robot, and... <laughs> It's like, uh, it's you know, it's taller than McCree when she came out, and I was like, hmm, Amazonian robot woman. Okay. If that if that works for you, if it works for you, that works for me. Also, she has like, Not. she has like a, she, her face reminds me of like the face from iRobot. Oh, oh, like that, like, the one that silicone. Like the silicone, like uh, yeah, the well, the one that turns evil because it's like it's like um, a hologram is what her face is, but it almost looks like the silicone faces of the iRobots themselves. So huh. you know, the new the new models of robots that are in it. So it, it which also look a little bit like the NPC meme, kind of. Huh. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, other than that. Really not much else is going on. I don't think uh, I have too much to talk about. Oh, let me say this, though. Uh, I'll, yeah? I was going to save it for later, but I'll talk about it now. So remember how I talked about Conception last week? Yeah, yeah, what about it? Yes. Well, I just wanted to give us all a heads up here, just an update. So yeah. at the end of the last episode, the first episode, you know, I was saying, like, oh, he's fucking his cousin. Well, here's the thing. The beginning of the second episode, you know, first five minutes, it's like, ah, he's still fucking his cousin. No, that's not what happened. So he goes to go down on his cousin. You know, he puts his hands on her shoulders. They're going to get intimate. And a shooting star goes across the sky. And I'm like, all right, so that what? That insinuates he uh, finished with her? Like, you know, time skip or something like that. No, no. Literally all he did was just touch her and the child was born. Because as he finds out very much, not too, uh, not too later after that, the doctor comes on and is like, what, did you think you had to have sex with them? No, 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 no. All you have to do is be emotionally, have like a high emotional status with them and touch them and they'll have your star child. 
Okay. All right. That's a good workaround yeah. if you're not going to be a hate show, I suppose. All right. Yeah. The uh, you know the pelican comes in, drops a child off. <laughs> that kind of thing. It's it's no birth or Lovely. nothing like that. There's no. There's no incest there at all. It's just, he just goes like, I'm going to kiss you. Oh, we're, you're pregnant. Oh, you've had the child already. Huh. Yeah. Well, I wow. guess we don't need to go any further. Dodge that bullet. Wait. Yeah. In, yeah. It is kind of a cheap cop-out, Zeldera. It's very much so. It's just like, did they have sex? No, they didn't. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of makes you wonder. Yeah, there's no point in even calling it conception or anything around it like that no in fact i mean i guess a child does a child does come but i mean you know yeah and that little furry animal that's floating around is just like i'm just perverted i just wanted you to fuck her ha 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 Uh, because it was like you know very much insinuating like set course for intercourse and and the guy was like all right yeah sure and so yeah i just want to give us all an update there is no sex no okay. incest in it, so if you're a little bit put off by like, oh no, he has to have sex with a bunch of girls, don't worry, he just has to touch them. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> nice <to> update. <laughs> oh, that uh, that does it for my side of things. Okay. How's uh, how's it been going with you? Very hectic. Mm-hmm. This week has been pretty busy, so I'm gonna rush through my IRL news really fast. So I did a I did an interview. I mean, I did a tech test and I did an interview all in one week. And then I also got the job, so I'm starting tomorrow. So I got a new job. That's cool. Uh, and then the whole house is falling around me, apart around me at the same time. So we got a window smashed, the light switch is broken, and also now the boiler broke yesterday. So now we have no hot water or uh, or any um, heating either. So tonight, after I'm done with this podcast, I need to go over to another house that actually has hot water and stuff, but it's far away enough, and I still need to prepare for my first day of work tomorrow. So that's that all having been said, I'm just going to try and move swiftly along so I can get through this show. Um... Yikes. I go into the community section, so yeah, things are pretty hectic. I hope you caught all that, because I'll sing it pretty quick. Um, anyway, first thing you got to go read out, because we actually have shit all for comments in terms of the actual website, but that's because we, it's, we've been on a break anyway, I guess, so it makes yes, sense. Yes, but as uh, you may have noticed, I did exactly mm-hmm. what you suggested. Yeah, actually, I was kind of surprised about that. You, what made you change your mind? Uh, it was a whim. <laughs> oh, no way. Just, okay. Me being uh, on, what was it, Friday? No, Saturday, mm-hmm. I was just like, you know what? I'll just do it. And so I did it. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. That's nice. Well, that's very you're, nice. You're all you. up to date with all of us. Good, good pleasant supplies. Surprise, not supplies. Um, yeah. Please. Oops, sorry. I'm going to tell you the topic for this week while you scroll to the bottom of this topic, because we have to, uh, at least one comment from Innocuous Blonde to read through. Um, oh, boy. I know. It's on the unconscious bias topic from AnnaePulse577. But I'll brief you on the topic you're also going to be answering this week will be um, the top eateries in animes, or just great places to go eat in anime worlds. So, that'll be this week's question. But yeah, over to Innocuous Blonde. Alright, Innocuous Blonde. Uh, She says, I think I'm kind of confused by the question. Does it ask to name a series we have bias towards, but other people don't or other people commonly don't because we like the source material? Highly suspic little tongue tied there. Highly yeah. suspicious. I can't do that with a southern accent. Specific? <laughs> specific. Like the specific ocean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
I've certainly been a bit hyped by the idea of watching the animation of something if I've been a fan of the manga it was based on. But more often than not, I've found myself set up for disappointment because, as is often the case, the book is better. Maybe Princess Tutu counts? I don't know if it's exactly disliked, though it is a bit Nietzsche in its appeal. I've never read anything that could be considered its source material, but the show certainly has folklore elements and classical music that I was familiar with prior to watching it that added a little extra value. So yeah, uh, that's a good that's a good answer, I'd reckon, because it actually has some outside sources that you're familiar with, I guess, that probably enhanced it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so good answer there, Blonde. Thank you for your input as always. Sorry we couldn't read the other one out because that was the two episodes behind one, but uh, your other post was also pretty good. Um, now we move on to this week's topic, which is eateries and anime, so places to go and eat what your favourite place is. And we got Death God, who's one of our first-time posters on the forums in general, actually, really, but uh, on the Anime Pulse forums, for sure. I mean, the Anime Pulse topics of the weeks. So he also mentions a bunch of places that are usually parody places that you get in anime. Haha. <laughs> so, like, he'd like to go for a quick breakfast at McDonald's, which is from pretty much every anime parody <laughs> of McDonald's. Of course. He'd like to have a pizza butt, which is from Fumetto Panic, so it's like Pizza Hut, but it's Pizza Butt. He'd like to go to Burger Queen and Ikitosen... <laughs> And have a great cola from there. And he'd also like to have, for dessert, a tasty Snackers. A Smickers, sorry. A Smickers from Eureka 7, which is a, you know, parody of Snickers. So, yeah, I get you, I get you. You were to anime to have food from our world just with a different name. That's very clever. Thanks for your input, though. Uh, my favourite parody of the sna- uh, of um, Snickers in anime, just to note, would be Snackies in um, Batum, because it gets an extra mention. But then there's also the anime where they actually literally have the correct brand, like in um, Sagrada Reset, they actually had um, Kit Kats in those, so yeah, there you go. Or in Code Geese, they actually had Pizza Hut. So there you go. So sometimes you get the Bunch official endorsement, but uh, yeah. I suppose there's no point going to that, either, even less so any reason to go to the anime place to go have the exact same food. But yeah, then Rampant AI comes in with, when I think about food and anime, it has to be Shokugeki Osoma. So I'd like to visit the Totsuki Sario Culinary Institute and sample their dishes. Foodgasms galore. Um, I, by the way, I also predicted this was kind of a natural that this was going to get mentioned as a place. To, yeah, as, as always, this place or Toriko. Um, or if it has to be a restaurant, then perhaps Joichiro's Diner Eatery from the same series. So there you go. It's a, it's, a, it's a natural answer, as he said, but it's, you know, it's a good answer because, you know, why not? Why wouldn't you? So, yeah. Um, what about you? Joseph? I mean, that... That is the obvious answer, and that's my answer too. If I had to go anywhere, I would definitely go to the uh, Yaki uh, Yukihara's family restaurant uh, mm-hmm. before it was closed down, of course, or before it was well, shut. Well, he managed to defend it, kind of, and then right, not not closed down, but just in the sense that uh, Yukihara is, uh, you know, Soma is mm-hmm. off doing his own thing. His father's not running the restaurant, so the place is shut down right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Luckily, so I would have. I would like to have gone there and had some good meals there and been a regular at the restaurant because I bet you I would have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would definitely also have had one of those orgasm meals with like uh, Yukihara's uh, Soma giving me some like tentacles and honey. 
<laughs> oh, you would have had one of the weird dishes? Yeah, like the tentacles will like grab my body and just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I wonder what kind of hallucinations you'd get anyway, based on it, because there's always a, a weird quirk to it. My favorite being the yeah, my the my clothes would explode. Of course, now I, my chest would just <laughs> of come off and just like I'm burying my chest. It means your food was that good. Beautiful, beautiful sight. Like, sir, please put your shirt back on. This is a family diner. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if it even if it didn't happen, you could just like to take it off and be like, oh no, look, it wasn't me. It was the clothes. It was just the, the food. <laughs> yeah, it's just that good. Yeah, gives you that feeling. Could be like apron guy who's already pretty much naked the whole time anyway. I forget his name. You you know what guy I'm talking about if you watch Food Wars. And uh, yep. yeah, the only, the only other place I would mention per, uh, and added would be the Toriko place is the only other choice I would throw in there. Because everything there is super delicious and it's like made to be delicious. It's a it's a place where like, you know, pretty much everything exists to be eaten and people can invent all sorts of dishes and it gets sent in and it becomes an official canon food source in the anime and manga. So there's no reason to not go to Toriko also to eat. Um, but it's like Yukihira for the cooking and Toriko for the ingredients. If you combine the two, then you'd really be in for something special. But yeah, that's that would be my little mention. Extra. Maybe maybe if mm. I'm thinking about it, like yeah, how about the um, what's that like Japanese mm. pizza stuff called? Pizza stuff. Yeah, it's like the uh, like the dough, and then you put the stuff in the dough, and you cook it on like a on the skillet from Ranma. The chick oh, that oh, shows uh, up later uh, uh, that we both like. Yes. She yes. runs the restaurant, so maybe eat there. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. That's also a good that's a good mention, especially since Ramos consistently keeps appearing in the news. So yeah. And then we could both hit on her. And then she would <laughs> hit us. <laughs> uh, she she's a, she's kind of cindery, isn't she? Because she gets embarrassed and hits you with her thing. Like, hey, yeah. baby, is that a giant frying pan, or are you just happy to see me? Mm. That'd be my pickup line. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, that's that's all I have for the forum topic. Shall we move on? We shall. And straight into the industry news. With my first topic here about why physical media is not selling well. So uh, IT Media has recently published an article titled, Some titles have even halted their home release. Is anime disc dying? Well, the author to this title has basically begins by highlighting an incident in September which in which uh, Phantom in the Twilight's production committee announced that the anime's Blu-ray sales were cancelled due to quote-unquote various circumstances. Pseudo suspects that the real reason was because sales were disappointing. The Phantom in the Twilight incident, Pseudo argues, lies within a context of physical discs' decline within Japan, as the market for physical media within Japan has actually shrunk over 30% between 2014 and 2016. It's pretty serious. Mm. Yep. Suda also points out that although late night anime has traditionally relied on the home video disc sales for funding, more anime is being made now than ever in the wake of physical discs decline. 
One reason, he argues, is because video streaming is largely replacing uh, physical discs, even in the retail market. Another reason is because the production committee themselves are increasingly less reliant on disc sales. Lucrative game companies such as uh, Cygames have been pouring money into anime in order to strengthen their brands. He also shifts Mm -hmm. over that the North American market, pointing out that disc sales managed to recover from their crash in the uh, 2000s. He actually mentions that his own personal experience attending Anime Expo 2019, or 2018, sorry, visiting the Funimation and Sentai Filmworks booths and notes their popularity among the anime fans. So it may seem like anime is, you know, not on the decline in Japan, going up, but at the same time, physical media is going down. Yeah. Maybe Mm -hmm. someday in the future we'll see an anime where they don't try to find a porn magazine under the guy's bed because he'll be like physical media what's that i have all my porn on my computer <laughs> <laughs> like well they're already starting to make that joke isn't aren't they now with the whole destroy my hard drive when i die thing because i mean there's another anime there that happened in not true just, um, true but they still they'll still have like uh the holy grail the 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 missing link of porn i have it in my room and all my friends, you know, they covet it. And I'm only borrowing it, though, when my sister finds it. I was forced yeah. upon me. Trust me. Oh, oh. Like, the, like, the, like the double door cupboard that has like a shrine in there. Yeah, that sort of thing. That kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. It'll be Back under room that's bed. dedicated to Rem. Uh, I see. But yeah, so it yeah. seems that America, at least from what I'm reading here, Maybe yes. behind in Japan in the fact that we haven't realized yet the physical media is not where it's at. Even though they've said before that physical media in America is not actually doing that well, it's actually doing a lot better than it is in Japan. Mm. When it comes to things I really, really like, like anime, I am more, I am willing to pay slightly more or get more of them. But it, it all depends on the price, though. Everything's relative. And I, from what I remember in Japan, like the whole amount of episodes you get on per disc is less than what you typically get in the West. So that could also contribute to it because people just want more episodes and stuff, you know? And it's yeah, because the, their Blu-rays release like episodes 1, 2, and 3 on volume 1, volume 2, episodes episodes yeah. 4, 5, and 6. And it's like, what? What is this bullshit? Just release one disc with all the episodes on it, please. Exactly. Unless I can get the whole series and for an affordable price, I typically won't really buy them anymore. I, ha- I have to get like a collection thing. It really also but- annoys me too that they do that because they'll stagger it out like months at a time. It's like volume one comes out in September. Volume two comes out in yeah. December. It's like, what the fuck? You're releasing yeah, exactly. like three episodes. What are you doing? So yeah, it's, it doesn't satisfy you in terms of waiting, and it doesn't solve, uh, solve the whole cost-effectiveness either, so yeah. I think, I think a lot could be done to change the way they're produced and sold to us as well, to make them, because I'd be willing to spend that extra bit to get physical copies, just you know, for collector's sake, if it was a bit more uh, reasonable. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I mean, I still, I still collect like the physical media for books, because manga is still relatively hasn't changed in price since its initial thing but like dvds and shit like holy fuck they've gone up like before back in the day like you would buy like i saw i remember this back in the day i used to go to barnes and nobles and they had the collector's edition of the first season of 
Neon Genesis Evangelion. It came in that really nice box with like the uh, Unit Zero One on it and whatnot. Um, yeah. That was like eighty bucks. Nowadays, that costs like a hundred and eighty bucks. Hmm. So it's like, what the fuck? What is going on here? I just want to buy the physical media to support the person, or at least just have it, because I really liked it. And it's like, I just, you know, every now and then I'm like, I really like that anime. I'm just going to pop it into my computer. Oh, my computer doesn't have a CD drive. Mm. <laughs> well, it's still a nice box. Still a nice box. And I have the physical media, so if I ever... I have a PS3, so there you go. And I have an Xbox One, so if I want to watch something, I'll just watch it there. Ah, that answers the question. So Xbox Ones do play DVDs? They do play DVDs, and they do play Blu-ray. Xbox 360 didn't play Blu-ray, but it did play DVDs, because PS2, or the PS3 had the Blu-ray deal. So, Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they exclusively had that, yeah. Mm -hmm. At first. uh, Now they don't. Yeah, of course. Okay. Cool. Yep. Cool. So, yep. anything else on that? Nope, that's it for that one. Alright, moving on. A bit of sad... Well, depending on your perspective in life, uh, this one's been circulating a little bit anyway. Uh, I think someone on the server already mentioned this. But yes, Japanese man marries Hatsune Miku hologram. Not entirely just the hologram, though. So, ma- uh, man Akihiko Kondo's uh, is the man that's getting married, or has been married now to... Hatsune Miku, his uh, mom and his other family members aren't attending his wedding or didn't attend his wedding. He said that um, <laughs> for my mother, it wasn't something to celebrate. End quote. Said the soft-spoken thirty-five-year-old, as his bride is the, if you didn't know, the virtual reality singer named Hatsune Miku. In fact, Kondo's relatives, uh, none of them showed up. However, there were forty guests that watched and attended at this uh, ceremony that cost two million yen, which, when I checked, that converts to about. Um, Fourteen thousand pounds in the UK, so Yikes. maybe that's like yeah, it's quite a lot of money, you know. So she's I guess a he really wants to impress his virtual ride. waifu. Was that? He really wants to impress his virtual waifu. Yeah, he really does. That's the thing. It's like a cheap wedding, and that's the kind of cheap wedding would normally set you back about like the, the weddings are expensive actually, um, like twelve k and stuff. But at the same time. I, Miku doesn't have any family members to invite, and your family aren't showing up, so I really do wonder where did all that money go towards. Um, I didn't watch the video, there's a video accompanying it, so maybe someone could explain once if they watch the video. Um, but yes, let's, let's go for further quotes. So he went there, and he uh, got married to the physical uh, representation of her, of her at the time, which was a cat-sized stuffed doll of her. And he's quoted as saying, I never cheated on her. I've always been in love with Miku-san, he said, giving her the honorific, which is often used between friends in Japan. And I've been thinking about her every day, he said, week after we- uh, week after the wedding. Now, since March, he's been um, living with a moving, talking hologram. But, you know, we did a news story a while back about this hologram thing that's like yep. your virtual waifu. Yeah. I remember that. It cost him $2,800. Um... And, you know, he says, I'm in love with the whole concept of Hatsune Miku, but I got married to the Miku of my house, he said, uh, looking at the blue glowing image in the capsule, which I have to call bullshit on that, given the fact that you have cheated on her then. Because if you're saying that you're in love with the Miku of your house, that would be the hologram, but you got married to the doll at your wedding. So which is it, man? You you, you have this doll that tells you, like, 
oh, have a good day at work and all that sort of stuff and turns it and does your lighting for you and adjusts things and talks with you. But at the same time, in bed, you sleep with the one you married at the wedding ceremony with the wedding ring around her wrist. So which Miku is it? You are cheating on her with herself. So Well, gotcha to play there. devil's advocate, I would Chet say it. that it was the spirit of Miku that is currently in his, um, you know, that is in his hologram version that he spent a lot of money on that yeah. was inside the doll because he can't bring the hologram version with him uh, because it's not movable. It's a desktop device. It's very yes. expensive. <laughs> so he brought the doll version of her, which he was spiritually connected to because, he's, as he said, he was in love with the concept of Miku. No, no, he, he, uh, he's, a, yeah, he's in love with the whole concept, but he says he only got married to the Miku of his house. So. Right, right, but he's still in love with the concept, so it could be that he got married to the Miku of his house, but it's kind of like he had a, uh, a st- <laughs> you know, the stand-in at the time, because his right. uh, wife just couldn't attend the ceremony. But in his house, he still <clears throat> sleeps with the doll next to him. With the, ho- well, you know, know, the house has the hologram. He could, he could uh, just be cloning his wife then. <laughs> Okay, because apart from that, he says he considers himself to be an ordinary married man with his holographic wife, you know. Um, um, It it gets even more, um, I suppose, controversial from there. Um, You know, obviously this wedding does not have any legal standing, but the uh, people who make the hologram have sent him a marriage certificate which certifies him as a human and uh, virtual character that have a wedding beyond dimensions, end quote. Kondo's not the only one, as there have been um, more than 3,700 other people who have had cross-dimensional marriages, and some people have yep. sent him supportive messages. Uh, there's been, he says there's been some people who can't come forward and say that they want to hold a wedding. I want to give them a supportive push, he says. Um, then it goes on for a little bit about how, why, you know, why he's with Hitsune Miku, and that he, he was been, he's had bad luck and love in life, and he was... Um, made fun of uh, for being an otaku, that sort of thing, you know. Workplace drama, depression. I think he felt, yeah, he fell into a nervous breakdown because of it, but Miku was there for him. And, you know, that's not entirely unnormal for people to not, um, in Japan at least, to get married. At least uh, 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 The figure here is quoted as saying that 19, in 1980s, there was one in 50 men had never been married by the age of 50. And that figure is now one in four. So that's a huge increase of men not getting married by the age of 50, so started to add that in there um and so yeah basically he says he's happy to be friends with 3d women but has no um, interest in romancing one he's kind of pushing this forward it's almost like it's new a new sort of um orientation basically saying that um he considers himself to be in the sexual minority who can't imagine dating flesh and blood women it's uh, this quote it's something not right it's as if you were trying to talk to a gay man into dating a woman or a lesbian into a relationship with a man diversity in society has been long called uh, has been long called for he added it won't be necessary to make you happy to be bound to the template of happiness in which a man and a woman marry and bear children i believe we must consider all kinds of love and happiness I, I messed up the quote at the end there. But yeah. So yeah, that's the story. He's got married to it, and that is now an, a thing that happened. Uh, I think it you speaks for itself. You don't read the comments on this one. Oh, is there comments on it? 
fucking people getting all sexist and bullshit. Like, women are to blame for him because he can't find a girl who just loves him because they all hate otakus. And that's why he uh, has retreated into uh, his shell of otakudom and married a virtual character who will love him no matter what. It's like, oh my god. What a, the fucking... Yeah, I, I ain't got no time for that, man. <laughs> no, literally, I don't have time for that at the moment. <laughs> so that's, that's, a, that's a rabbit hole of uh, discussion right there. So I think it kind of speaks for itself. I'll let you decide how you feel about that matter. But, um... Yeah. I feel fine about it, you know. Yeah. You you if you're happy and you know it, get married to Miku. Uh-huh. There you go. <laughs> that that rolled right off the tongue. That worked. Yeah. So, uh do you have another news topic or Nope, that's it for me. Sweet. That's that's really that works for me especially. Indeed. So, we move right into our final previews episode of this uh of this season. Yeah, yeah, we shall. In a world where laughter was king. Uh, no in a world, Jack. What do you mean, no in a world? It's not that kind of movie. Okie dokie. Well, then I'll get us started here on an anime titled Origa Suki Nano wa Imoto Dake do Imoto Janai. It has ah, Imoto twice one. in the title. It's, no, it's mm-hmm. good. Yes, the, this is the controversial one we've covered previously that talked about its animation and declining and not being great yep yep it got oh, well, worse well, because well, well. now that because now they're actually ask the the studios come out and actually asking for help now like saying that they i can't bet because they're like please yeah. help us we can't do this on our own we fucked up we're we're bad yeah i feel bad for them but yeah carry on carry on with the how's it go how's episode one though episode one all right so it starts out with uh we'll just call him onichan uh, Onichan is, uh, you know, he's an author. He's trying his best, and it, uh, it, uh, it's thinking about uh, all these different sisters and fourteen different ways to call him Onichan. That's right. There are fourteen girls who will be popping up and trying to hop his boner because because this is a harem anime, apparently. Oh, okay. something I didn't know. That's right, it's not like uh, my little sister stomps on the ceiling to get me to give her food. That no, it's... kind of is a harm, though, <laughs> unfortunately. It is, but not that not that large at all. Like, it's, you know, he's got, you know, he's got his little sister. Other, if there's two main girls, it's a love triangle, right? But if it's any more than that, then, it, then we're getting into harem territory. But there's well, at least let's three. Let's see, he had Elf, he elf, had his little sister, Sigiri, and he had and the Ma- Ma- Masamune? What's her name? Is yes. it Masamune? So that's the, three. The and then it's hinted that the shop girl likes him. At and the then end, his it's that the, editor the shop maybe. Girl. No, the editor's too old. Um, the, the, Doesn't the, the mean girl anything. Editor's not too old. She's in her thirties. <laughs> that's still marriageable. Christmas cake no, that's boy. Like, oh my god, she should be retiring soon if she's like thirty. So <laughs> god. no. Uh, there's the girl who that runs baby the making store. factory has seen its days. Shut it down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's finally the um well. There's kind of the all girls my age love dicks girl, but she doesn't. I don't think she's uh, in the running, so you could cut her out if you want to. But anyway, Elf, Sagiri, and Damasa Muni is enough for it to be a, a harem already, because we're already, yeah, we're already beyond <laughs> the tri- love triangle, so yeah. All right, all right. Well, <clears throat> we got 14 <laughs> in this one, not just four, my dude. So strap yourself in because we got a, yeah, we got a couple in here. 
So it starts out and our Onichan has uh, been trying his darndest and hardest to be recognized for his talent in writing, which has thus far failed multiple times. He has submitted to be, you know, one of those new upstart uh, authors for writing many times over. And so far each time he's been unrecognized. Uh, His characters, his female characters at least, have been quoted as being dull and uninteresting. And he's been told that maybe if you did little sister characters, you might have more luck because they're, they're attraction magnets right now, buddy. Hey, hey. Well, Uh he just so happens to have a little sister who acts very much like a mother. You know, he wakes up, he goes downstairs, she's making breakfast. She's like, oh, your tie is crooked. Let me fix that for you. Did you wash your face? You better do it, young man. Get out, you know, have a good time at school. I'll see you after, you know, no parents in sight thus far. And he, yeah, he goes to, he goes to school and... Uh, he has a attractive teacher, and he's getting his classes, his, his uh, stuff done. And he, let's see here. He sees, like, uh, as he's about to go into the school, he has, uh, he sees this, you know, the prestigious Ojo-sama chick is walking into the school and like all the guys are gawking at her and they're all like, oh my gosh, she's the most beautiful woman in the world. And of course he's like, eh, I've seen better. (laughs) She has nothing to do with me. (laughs) And we almost cut immediate to him working at work because he has a job. Uh, He works at a, what seems to be like a bookstore. And uh, ah. he has an elementary school girl, I mean, a 20-year-old, that's right, that, that trope's playing already, who wow. is his, uh, his work associate, his uh, peer, his co-worker, his co-worker. Ah. And uh, she's a bit of a pervert, and she's like, oh, I bet you failed again, that's the face of someone who failed at uh, what they're trying to do, right? And he's like, I knew you would figure it out, and she's like, well, maybe you should just think about your little sister in erotic poses. And, of course, he goes on to do this. And this is when I see censorship. And I'm like, I'm going to turn this off now. But I won't because I have to finish this fucking first episode so I can talk about an anime pulse. Fuck my life. That's right. There's censorship. Because boobies. Oh, no. What will you ever do with my virgin eye holes? Oh, boobies. No, not the tits. Please cover them up with a logo. Please. Oh, thank God they did. And that's uh-huh. what happens. So after he's done fantasizing about his little sister, and he's like, what did you make me do? She's like, ha ha, see, you have a perverted mind after all. Take a look at this. And she whips out a doujin that has a girl doing one of those ahago poses. Ahago poses? How do you fuck do you say that word? Ahegao? I can't, I, I can't pronounce that shit. Yeah. You know, the it fucking thing ahegao. where it's like... Asta after uh, dark. Yeah, yeah after dark. Uh, Rio, tell me, how do you do that pose? Also stick out your tongue and do the pose. Thank I you. We're just asking about the pronunciation. <laughs> Be like that girl on Tumblr who apparently is doing super well doing those kind of poses. It's very oh dear. weird. She can do them. Look it up, children. It's oh. oddly erotic, even though oh, she's not no. doing anything erotic at all. Um, all she's doing is rolling her eyes backwards, sticking out her tongue, and doing like peace signs. So it's like, hmm. you, you came straight out of a dojin. How do you do that? 
so the anime yes the anime right back to the anime so anyways i'm acting like tim and walt all here jesus uh okay mm-hmm. so back to the anime uh yeah it's uh after he sees that he goes back to his home and his sister has been trying to tell him something all day she you know she would do that starting thing where like uh onichan and then he's like yes and she's like oh, never mind and it's like fucking spit it out woman well she finally does Turns out she won the contest. That's right. And she wrote a novel. Guess what it's titled? I'm in love with my older brother. Uh-huh. Of course it basically is. Basically, it's what it's titled. Where I'm basically one of fucking my brother kind of titled thing. That's what it's all about. There she and, and he's like, there's no way you'd write that. Ha ha ha. You hate me. And she's like, here's a manuscript. He's like, oh, fuck. You are that writer. All right. Um, well, let's see here. You have to attend the uh, ceremony and stuff. And she's like, "No, you're you're gonna do that because you're gonna be my stand-in." That's right. Just like that Hatsune Miku who stood in for the holographic Hatsune Miku, he now has to stand in for his little sister because she's too embarrassed. Uh, and also that apparently their parents who aren't dead and actually do live with them would not approve of her being a writer for a light novel series that deals with a younger sister who wants to fuck her older brother but they're happy to pull their son under the bus yes i know because their son is just they've already given up hopes on him but the father he's like no the little sister she'll be a lawyer or something please don't fuck your brother no don't oh god but she wants to do it anyways so he goes to the ceremony in her stead and there he meets the best part of this fucking first episode so far. His huh? editing slash publisher chick? Who immediately is like, hey, you're a virgin, aren't you? And he's like, whoa, 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 what? Here, feel my tits. And she grabs his hand and puts his hand uh, on her tits. And it's like, give him oh, a good squeeze. Those are what oh, real tits feel like. Oh, By the no. way, you're, gonna, you're like someone who comes out only once in a decade because you're so rare. I'll let you do whatever you want to me. Just fucking be a really good author and get me lots of money. Okay, bye. Uh-huh. Oh, by the way, the Ahego author shows up and she's like, I'm going to be your illustrator. That's right. All your illustrations will be super perverted. Also, here, grab my tits too. Ha ha ha. I'm I... perverted. Oh, okay. Then they walk away. But guess who's also at the party? That's right. It's the Ojo-sama chick who's wearing oh. a very scantily clad dress. And she's like, hmm, he looks familiar. I guess I'll have some fun checking out the new upstart author. <laughs> and he goes home to which his little sister's like, how'd it go, older brother? And he's like, oh, I went fine. I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Jerk off to the tits. I just grabbed what? Nothing. Nothing. And then he goes to sleep. And then we cut to her and she's in her room and she lays down and she starts going, I'm in love with my older brother. I love him so much. I want his dick in me. Ha 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 ha. And then the episode Whoa. ends. That escalated. So what? So she does like him then. Well, I yes, guess that in was fact, she okay. puts on a facade most of the time where she's just like, "Older brother, here, your tie is crooked. Let me fix that." And then she goes in her bedroom. She starts squelching one out. Uh, uh, I, they wasted. They didn't waste any time. I feel. But I also, <laughs> no, they didn't. But they went where straight to the point with the whole she loves thing. Her older brother. She wants his dick. Right. Now, keeping in mind, this play, the studio may have had money problems because of the whole budget thing. So maybe they just really wanted that attention as fast as possible with this. I don't know. 
Who's posting all these? Oh, Zeldera. Yeah, Zel. <laughs> and Mariner Burt. Ah, their favorites just coming out left and right. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, anyway. See, everyone is definitely going to be giving this a try. Yeah? I, I, are you going to yeah. keep on watching it? <laughs> Hell no. I'm not going to keep watching. Are you oh. kidding me? It, I, I saw what the animation was like because the first episode, the animation was okay. It was like, mm-hmm. okay. The second episode I started watching, I was like, okay, I see what happened. I'm done. Yeah. And you wouldn't... This is the kind it, of... A, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't continue even if there wasn't censorship. If there wasn't censorship and the animation continued being good, I would continue it. Or being okay. But yeah. since the censorship still exists and the animation is dropping... Oh, it gets worse. Oh, yeah. It keeps getting worse and worse. I... Not going to continue it. It's... Very sad that this happened to a series which obviously has a lot of like tropes in it that are like, you know, all these like light novel authors that come out just they have no chance anymore because their anime their anime sucks all the time and it just says like it's like it's not good and and I just want to like make my name note out there it's it sounds like the authors like please help me I'm trapped in a basement tied here my publisher yeah. won't let me go. Yeah, sounds like it. Just, oof. Desperation. Yeah, it's it's definitely a sad thing. I'm not going to continue the series. I'm sorry out there, Mr. Author, who's like, no, please, don't go. I I have so little friends. I know you probably want to see more uh, people watching your stuff, but at the same time, it's like, well, maybe find a studio that isn't a fuck bunch of fucktards. Don't go yeah. with the cheapest bids, okay? Yeah, it's, this teaches you it's that a harsh lesson. industry, but you know, at the end of the day, we only see the product, and that's how we have to judge it based on circumstances. Be damned. So, hard line. Indeed. Okay, fair enough. So, shall we move on? Yes. What is your first preview for us, my good sir? Okay, so uh, today's theme is a little bit more loose, but they both involve a main character joining some group to fight criminals, so that's pretty much it. Keeping that in mind, today's let's take a bite into Double Decker, Doug and Kirill. So episode one is pretty much it. It's a buddy-buddy it's a kind of cop story. We get introduced to our two main characters, see how they operate individually, and how they first get partnered up to solve some cases for presumably the rest of the series. So the first member of the, the duo is Douglas Billingham, Shortened to Doug, who is the seasoned stoic veteran investigator of the detective detective agency 7-0, which tackles extreme cases linked to this drug in this world called Anthem that can cause some strange and extreme effects, including, but not limited to, people mutating into monsters. During this episode's introduction, we see him take on a phase-free Anthem user, where he uses some eye technology in combination with his synthesizing case to formulate a special ammunition bullet, uh, into his revolver gun to suppress the mutated. Now, interestingly enough, though, in this opening scene, we see him mess up a bit, and actually the kill gets stolen by a sniper lady, who I guess is going to be like a recurring character later, which humanizes him a bit more than just making him an unstoppable badass. Now, the other member of the duo is Kiro Vrubel, uh, who is our third purple-haired protagonist of this anime season for some reason. He's a low-ranking constable and the character whom we experience the perspective of from most of this episode. And his deal is that he's like this ups, uh, ambitious upstart. We had, we just dealt with another upstart in the last preview there. Uh, obsessed with moving up the social and uh, career ladder to eventually be acknowledged as a hero. 
though he isn't a typical hero material in terms of looks, professionalism, or even social skills. And they hammer that point in further with how one of his colleagues, Jefferson, is much more of the heroic cop type. You know, he's got like a wife and kids, he's got, you know, he's, he's good looking and handsome looking and he's buff, you know. Still, what appears to be the first Monday, at first a mundane incident wherein Kirill has to uh, look for a missing cat despite it being his day off, escalates in him to being at the site of a hostage situation in a position where he actually could get the jump from the uh, on the criminal from above. What's more is that the heroic cop Jefferson from earlier is on the ground injured already, so this is the sort of situation Kirill has always dreamed of, where he can stop a crook, save the hostage, as well as a fellow officer and be a hero. Before he can act further though, Kirill meets Doug also, who also is staking up the opportunity to attack, and the two agree to work together, as Doug cannot actively attack until there's proof that this criminal is actually using Anthem, which the anime goes on to explain has multiple phases, from being suspected, to using the drug, and finally the mutation stage, which is the phase 3. Uh, through stalling method in which um, Kirill buys time by pretending to be a time-traveling naked man a la Terminator, he's able to find a mark on the criminal's eye and Doug jumps in to deliver the killing shot. Everything goes well, Kirill walks outside with his fellow officer over his shoulder, only to be comedically tackled to the ground under the, the misapprehension that he's the criminal the whole time. And despite this leading... Uh, and despite... You know, clearing this all up, the tabloids, you know, the media report this, and this all ends up with him getting in trouble with the angry, stereotypical police chief guy, um, which ends up firing him as a result of this. But the silver lining is that Jefferson uh, gives up his opportunity to be recruited for the 7-0 detective agency so that Creel can take the spot. And so he, at least he's not jobless. Um... We get to meet the rest of the team, who will no doubt do something interesting, you know, in the later episodes. And they all have cool nicknames like Boxer, Pink, and Robot. And he's partnered up with Doug as operatives in the 7-0 tend to work in pairs named Double Deckers. Roll credits. Um, so yeah, uh, that was that was Double Deckers episode 1. It's a fairly standard buddy-buddy cop superpower show, I suppose. Like, I guess it's going to be like a villain of the week kind of thing. Uh, it's, it overall looks okay. There's times where it's very obviously CG, and sometimes everybody's upper half of their head, like, the mouth is expressive, but the upper half, half of people's heads sometimes doesn't seem to animate that much. They seem kind of like statues with moving mouths. But apart from that, they're very detailed, and the lighting's all very good, and the... Music's fine. It's got this kind of zany personality and uh, sense of humor to it with, like, the, you know, um, Kirill's narration that's interrupted by another, uh, you know, um, narrator and all these cuts to, like, comic book-style images and stuff. And so it's it's definitely trying a lot of things. It most reminds me of the show Tiger and Bunny, if anyone's ever heard of it. Um, and that's not too surprising because it's by Studio Sunrise, who also worked on Tiger and Bunny. So it I could most equate it to kind of like Tiger and Bunny. Um, my friend said it's also kind of similar to that Kekai Sensen or was it Battle? Uh, I can't remember how that translates to, but those two anime. It's kind of similar to those two. Um, characters dress very flamboyantly and have very standout looking designs and hair. So that's kind of, if, if you're into character design, it's kind of cool. The world is kind of like an alternate version of ours. So it's kind of like our time, but kind of not. There's two suns in the sky for some reason. And, uh, yeah, that's all I really got to say about it. I think I'll keep watching it, but I'm not in a rush to. I think I might just wait till it's finished, actually, instead of keeping up with it. But, yeah, that was Double Decker.
Hmm. I see that it's actually, uh, looks like the production team, which actually staffed by workers from Tiger and Bunny. Oh, yeah, so it is, okay, that, that explains why it's so similar. It's very, um, ah. anime that I can tell has a high adoration for American-style comics and cartoons, so that's how I describe it. I can, I can see whenever they talk about, like, they have, like, code names and they talk about the like the caliber of their gun in the wiki article yeah that's definitely an anime that is like something that's like gonna be something about like fighting using guns or like yeah i carry a clock 45 i'm mm-hmm. the most powerful man in this, this unit yeah mm-hmm. and you and you'd need something like that given that the the enemies in this can go super fast and everything and sometimes can dodge bullets even so yeah Legit, you'll need you'll need the firepower. So he drives a DeLorean. <laughs> that's a la- that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think that brings us to my next preview here. Which uh, put on your rose tinted glasses, folks, because it's time to go back in time. About 10 years oh. because I'm reviewing or reviewing I'm previewing a certain magical index season three ah yes right mm-hmm. that's right Toru Machuto no index's return from the grave whoa Toma I'll bite you if you don't have lunch for me nom nom yeah it's yes, all it's, coming back that's right the yeah. lolly's back in the Nun's attire with the Hobbit and her sharp teeth. Yep. Yes. Well, uh, what can I say? The first episode of season three is exactly as you've kind of led on. Yeah. It's more index. It's really nothing special. In fact, I was thinking that they were going to do something like, hey, check it out. Remember this character? Remember that character? Remember this character? Yeah. Hey, this character and this character. Remember their names? Because it's been 10 fucking years. How about we remind you? Nope. Yep. They're just like, uh, right back into it. Another episode. Mm. Well, this episode starts out uh, kind of with a little bit of like, reminiscing where uh let's see here you know we have index who is at toma's place and naked washing a cat you know she's washing her pussy and uh she uh it's like i'm gonna get some food from toma he's gonna bring food home haha and then he shows up guess what he has no food and then she bites him remember that it's hilarious ha 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. trope. And he has to go, oh, my, my rotten luck and all that stuff. Oh, my rotten luck. I dropped my wallet. Uh, it's terrible. Now, they do do some intro because at the very beginning, like the first five minutes or so, it's just like, just Toma, like, rehashing everything that's kind of happened with like a bunch of like shots about, you know, a bunch of like uh, clips from the previous seasons mashed in there. Mm-hmm. Not the way I was expecting them to do it. In fact, there's actually an article I'm going to talk about in a little bit here that's going to reveal why this season's kind of like this. Any case, um, he doesn't have any food for her, so they go through that. 
Yep. He ends up going to school the next day, where apparently he got in trouble uh, with the uh, lolly sensei there, the jailbait, who uh, uh-huh. is currently yelling at the three stooges and saying, hey, what were you doing? You're being bad. And they're like, we're arguing about which bunny girl outfit's better. Busty bunny in a red outfit or a black outfit? No, the busty bunny in the white outfit. And then we punched each other and got into a fight. And then this chick showed up and she started punching us too. Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, lolly teacher is then like, well, you have to go and you have to fucking dig w- weeds out in the back of the school. You know, yeah. You rascals. And then we cut back to uh, our index chick who's at home, and then the doorbell rings. She goes to the door. Oh, it's the maid sitting on top of the vacuum cleaner, spinning in circles. Remember her? She does it all the time. Uh, she's not fucking dizzy, because she just sits on that thing, spinning in circles all the time. It's okay. Oh, no, the cat escaped. Index, go after it. Index bumps into an old woman. Index gets food. Ah, uh, that's nice. And then she feeds food to a cat that the cat should not be eating. That cat's gonna die now. Congratulations, Index. You just killed a cat. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she feeds it, like, cream and shit like that. Like, don't feed your cats cream. You're gonna f- fucking give them worms. Oh, wow. Like, that's not, not something you want to do if you want your cat to live. Also, it's high sugar content. You're gonna make them uh, diabetic and shit. Oh, okay. But it's an anime, so that doesn't exist. Ha ha ha. It's a science and, cat. Yes, Toma is picking weeds out. His friends took off on him. Oh, no, that's terrible. But he's there with the chick who we know? No, they're trying so. to push her. No, she's one of the new ones they're trying to push she's on She's a new chick. Oh, she's going to throw a fastball at him because she finds a red ball. Uh-oh, she's showing her panties. And he's like, your skirt. And she's like, pervert. And then she throws a ball and it hits him in the head. He passes out. Wow. He's so dated. Yeah. And uh, then uh, he uh, he's uh, walking home, you know, and uh, he passes by. Who does he pass by? Oh, he passes by uh, Bitty Bitty. He passes by Electric Girl. Oh, yes. He's like, oh, she's already had a couple seasons. No one needs a reminder of what she's been doing. Let's just move on. And then she's like, bitch, you fucking ignoring me? He's like, no, I wasn't ignoring you. No, nothing like that. I'm just gonna go now because you're fucking crazy. And then she grabs his phone. He's like, you've been fucking my mom? He's like, what? No, she was drunk. And I was... She forced it upon me. And she's like, what? He's like, nothing. (laughs) I'm creating my own timeline. (laughs) All right, so yeah, he doesn't fuck her mom, but he certainly gets close to it. Uh... And then she tries to shock him with electricity. Guess what he does? He puts out his hand and he stops it. And she's yep. like, God, you're so annoying. That's so hot the way you stopped my electricity, though. <laughs> uh, I'm adding my own stuff here to make the anime a little more interesting right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. She doesn't say that, but she does say you're annoying. Yeah, um, yeah. And then she gives him back his phone after telling him, like, you know, oh, no, there's riots. People are upset. The church is crazy. Like it always has been, because, you know, the church has always been crazy these fucking past few seasons. I remember the last season. Oh, that was like 10 years ago. Yeah. Remember what happened? No, I don't. No, me neither. Let's just keep going. But remember, I just referenced the thing that happened the last season, September something. September what? I don't know. The September 11th, Twin Towers, something like that. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
he uh, ends up bumping into the old lady that Index bumped into, and she puts a gun to his chest and is like, you fucking better hang out with me, old young boy. And they get away from there, and she's wearing a scarf. He's like, that scarf looks like a fucking ridiculous sign. She's like, bitch, this fucking scarf is sewed by my, my daughter. And then we cut back to the teacher, that one of the teachers that was behind Lolly teacher when she was berating the Three Stooges earlier. And she got coffee on her dress. And also Toma, Toma, Soma? Toma. Toma's seeing her skirt hiked up because she was trying to clean the coffee up. Oh, she's the daughter, by the way. Yeah. This totally won't be reprehensible because after old granny lady is like, hey, you should probably help us, like, solve the problem of the politics going on because it's supernatural. And then she gets shot. And then Toma's like, you fuck. And he punches his friends in the face. And then his friend doesn't say anything. But then the old woman talks for a lot, considering she got fucking shot in the chest. <laughs> and she goes on to give us a lot of fucking narration about what's going on. And Toma's like, what the fuck, bitch? You, you got shot in the chest. You gonna die or what? And then the friend's like, just let her die. Go, go <laughs> to sleep now. Don't worry. This won't have any circumstances come back and bite us in the ass, even though we killed one of the teacher's mothers. That totally won't affect us. Yeah. Let's wait. By the way, let's hop in a jet and fuck off up here. And he's like, yeah, they get in a jet and they fuck off. The end. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the first se- the first episode of the new index that's come out. What the fuck? <laughs> Worth the wait? Uh, now, you see, here's the thing. So there was another article that came out that I didn't put in here as a news article because I wanted to make this episode a little bit shorter. Um, <laughs> a certain Magical Index author, Kazuma uh, Kamichi, actually revealed in an inter- t- interview with New Type that yeah. initially the third season of A Certain Magical Index was going to be a reboot. Why? Because it had been a fucking decade since the last TV anime season, and he was worried that people had maybe forgotten. Yeah, and maybe he could Good. fix some problems as well yeah. with the original maybe, release. Yeah, maybe uh, adjust some stuff. Be like, hey, some of the stuff I hadn't really hashed out. Let's fix that. Maybe make the memory loss actually fucking matter. Because you remember, he's actually yes. got amnesia, but it never comes into play. He's got amnesia, but it doesn't actually matter because he Ever. said he touched his head. Yeah. Everyone believes him. The end. So, yeah. Well, maybe um, they could make that battle better, though. That battle was fucking epic. I love that battle. Like the first battle he has with Index where Index is like calling upon oh, all the right. different yeah, 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 yeah. forbidden mm-hmm. tomes in her and like he's like shocking people every uh, every single point like the two like uh, church people are behind him. like what the fuck? He's yeah, stopping yeah. like the most powerful attacks and they, even Index is like this does not compute. What the fuck is going on? Unleash uh-huh. powerful attack number 10. Mm-hmm. And then of course the feather hits his head and he's like ah and he falls down. <laughs> Yep. Okay. At least next yeah, episode so, is going to bring uh, back Towel Girl, so I'm looking forward to that. I haven't watched episode two yet, but I know they bring back Towel Girl. So. Towel Girl? Yeah, the silly girl that actually falls in love with him in season two, and I always made fun of her because she's like the silliest one. Wait till I get around to covering that, but she, he, he pins her to the. Girl. The chemistry between the two is she was starting off as an enemy, he pins her to the ground once, then she joins his side. And then every time she meets him afterwards, she tries to offer him a towel. 
and it's really silly. Wait a second, is it? She even appears in the opening in opening three of the season two and tries to give him a towel, and looks is really it stupid. This chick? Huh? Is it this chick? Yes, that's Towel Girl. There she is. There's Towel Girl. Now, riddle me this, uh, Batman. Huh? Who's the chick with the fucking stars in her eyes that's in all the fucking dojin everywhere? Has she got blonde hair? Yes. Has she got, like, a remote control? Uh, I don't know about that, but she apparently she can control people's minds or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, like, she's one of um, Misaka or, or Railgun's rivals. Uh, she's, like, one of the strongest uh, telepaths users in the school. Okay. So she, she's probably going to be more of an antagonist in Railgun than she is in Index. But she has Does the strongest she have telepath a thing power. Or something? Or is she just, like, mm, trying to fuck with him because it's like, not, oh, fuck with Railgun As girl. far as I've seen in the anime, she's never even interacted with Toma once. She's got more of a thing with Railgun because Railgun's one of the characters that her power doesn't work on. She uses this um, remote control to control people's minds. But because Mi- uh, Misaka's got electric powers, it blocks her signals. Ah, okay. So they kind of have Interesting. a thing. Yeah. I don't know about Toma, though. Oh. She does become involved with Toma later, so you're right. There you go. Okay, okay. So I was I was thinking like I was thinking like maybe she'll show up or something. Maybe we'll get the booby samurai chick to show up to um That's likely. Oh, I'd really dig it if they brought back the chick that Toma punches in season two with like the giant tits and the blonde hair. <laughs> Which oh, wait, girl that like he giant... punched. Yeah. <laughs> Every... Yeah, I, I know. Which girl? About he punches that. a lot. He punches <laughs> he's an every... equal opportunity man. I think he's actually punched more girls than he's punched guys. Like, I think you could probably tally that. And then the girls get off on that too because they're like, "Oh, he punched me. Yes, that means I'm special." He's like, "Bitch, I punched so many women." Yeah, <laughs> but you punched me harder, harder. Like, oh, I don't know about that. And then Index is like, "He saw me naked," and they're like. You disgust me. <laughs> mm. We yeah. all forget that, but he saw Index naked. That's right, because that outfit she wears, which is a holy relic, has zero meaning now because he destroyed it. Literally <laughs> does nothing for her. Mm. But she still wears it because it's cute. Look, she has safety pins. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, to keep it together. Huh. Anyway, it's hilarious. You, you got, you, are you also going to keep watching this? Uh, yes, I will at least keep watching this. And yes, Zeldera, that's the chick I'm talking about. Yeah. That's, that, that's the remote control girl. Yeah. Remote control, yes. Uh, I will continue watching this. I don't think I'm gonna, I'm as hyped about it just because you're right. It feels like just another season of Index. It's like no reintroduction to anything. It's been fucking a decade, people. I don't remember shit about this anime. <laughs> oh, you don't? Christ. Oh. No, it's like, I remember, like, the mainstay stuff, like, okay, hand dispels magic, okay, index is a lolly, okay, teacher's a lolly, okay, lolly's a lolly, okay, uh, magic, okay, uh, mm-hmm. technology, okay, they live in a technological place, okay, mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah, I mean, there's a nun, as long okay. as you kind of know, as long as you kind of know who's who, it's it shouldn't be too hard to sort of get back into it, at least you, as long as you can recognize the faces, it shouldn't be too hard for you. I think. I hope. I can recognize a lot of stuff, but it's like a lot of like the little it's nuances. A shame, it's like, a shame I you forgot. didn't know, recognize Towel Girl, though. But yeah, no, she's awesome. 
I, I'm, it's I'm starting kind to come back to me now about the towel thing. It's so silly, and even they even show it in the opening for like, oh, this is her defining trait. She gives you towels. Great. And like her friends are like, yes, that's the way you approach a guy. Give him a towel. Give him a towel. I don't. I don't. <laughs> All right. Whatever. So, Anyways, yeah. So third yeah. season of Index. I'll continue watching it. Cool. Cool. So will I, by the ways, because you know, I'm I'm kind of in it for the long haul now. Well, Anyways. yeah, we'll definitely have to do a joint. Review oh yeah. On it. Oh yeah, definitely. I can see Why that. Why don't you uh, release your next preview upon uh, me? I see what you did uh, there. Uh, yes, it's called uh, release the spice. I yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. Release. It's uh, Moe Ninjas. The show <laughs> opens up with an espionage scene of stealthy ninja girls sneaking into a place, and they're doing all that that kind of espionage sort of stuff you know they're trying to steal some data uh, i assume that's being used for nefarious purposes and you get to see them do things like hack cameras play footage as if it's like the movie speed you know where you play fake footage in the security cameras uh they use like their technology to steal some eye data from some guy's twitter and produce contact lenses so they can fill the eye scanner and then they also blow stuff up so very ninja stuff very stealthy um but it, you know all's going well until it isn't, and security system brings in the robots, which is when it's time for the girls to show their combat powers, which is when they, they all take a bite of various herbs. Some of them are like the leaf type, some of the small pill-looking stuff, and some of it's like sticks. But they're all various spices, basically. So they all take, they actually literally release the spice as they eat it, and it powers them up, which apparently makes their brains function faster and their bodies also stronger. So they use things like daggers, swords, and... Uh, snipers and hand to hand to take down the robots no nunchucks unfortunately and that closes off um while the leader of the group also takes out a guy who will likely be a recurring comic relief relief villain later on um and the focus of this episode is introduced which is a witness who's this girl called momo uh, who sees this in the distance and she's with her mom and from the opening dialogue you can tell that she's uh she's from a fatherless home like his dad her dad's dead because you know the way they talk and also that he used to be a police officer from the way she does the police salute, you know, so. Anyway, she's just starting her second year of high school, as these things tend to happen in first episodes of anime. No no cherry blossoms, I don't remember, though, so maybe that was different. Uh, super enthusiastic about making new friends, um, but unfortunately the running story of this episode is that she has a lack of confidence, and it often conflicts with her sense of justice, likely a remnant of her respect for her police dad. And this is dem- demonstrated by her inability to stop a group of thugs loitering around the streets. And later she's unable to stop a mugger who runs right past her. Which, I'm going to be honest with you, she's like a moe-looking high school girl who looks kind of like she's in middle school. I don't really think people would hold it against her if she couldn't stop like this fully grown man mugger. But, you know. Maybe that's not the point, you know. Anyway, so, uh, and she's also, you also see a sad time lapse of her failing to actually make friends in her class because she's too scared to get out of her desk and and go up and talk to people. It's not like she's socially awkward, though. She's just not very confident because when she is approached by people, she's, like, very bubbly and, you know, quite social, actually. Uh, But she's actually approached by two girls who are the, from that ninja group from earlier on and they're approaching her because they overheard that she mentioned seeing something that previous night so she they, they're they've caught on to the fact that she witnessed them um, their little heist that they pulled off so then the anime kind of becomes yuri-tastic for a while um she meets the other two members of the ninja group who are like the senior members and she has a huge she has a huge crush on uh the girl called uh yuki 
from the from the who's kind of like the leader of the group. She's kind of like the Raphael, I guess. She's kind of got like she's got a scar across one eye, so she's got one eye closed. She's got like short uh, blue hair, but she like runs a dojo and she's like the highest grades, super athletic girl from the you know the, all the all the girls look up to her as like a senpai sort of character and so she's very she she gushes about how much she likes her and then goes off with her two new classmates to like um a cafe called wasabi which serves spicy food along with coffee you know going along again with the theme um during which she introduces herself to the two girls she kind of shows that she kind of didn't really see anything particular she didn't witness those girls which actually to be honest the girls uh, that were infiltrating the place at the start they weren't wearing masks the whole time maybe they had some technology to to cover their faces from the cam actually i guess there were no cameras working never mind i was gonna say i was gonna try and call out that their faces are already going to be exposed but never mind anyway she uh it's during the scene that momo demonstrates her special ability which is also yuri-tastic in that when she has this awkward hug with one of the ninja girls, the main character girl just awkwardly licks her neck. And it turns out that from licking people, she's able to tell their general condition of the person's body. So she's able to tell that the girl has like a lack of sleep and she's able to tell As that... As you yeah, do? Uh, hmm? Yep. <laughs> and, 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 As and, you do. Yeah. And 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 um, she's also able to tell that the girl with the purple hair has got like muscle aches because she licks her hand. So, yeah, and it's accurate because earlier on in the same episode, the purple haired girl was like, "Oh man, this was hard. I'm gonna have muscle aches." And then you know, so it, it leads into that. So yeah, and there's also various animals around the shop which are also revealed to be ninja trained animals that they're that gonna accompany them on their missions. But yeah, so but you know, main girl is left. Um, in the dark about the whole thing that's going on. Anyway, on our way home, we get some awkward voice acting from some extras. I don't know what was happening with that. And then that's when the mugging incident happens. But she also runs into a police girl, friend of hers, who used to be like a colleague of her dad. So she's kind of like an older cousin sort of character for her. Um, and she's talking about how she has issues with her confidence and how she wants to be a policeman, kind of like her dad, but doesn't have the confidence to. So the police girl, the police lady actually offers to you know, have a talk with her after about her career options and see if she could be a police officer and she'd meet her after duty. But when she, uh, so she goes home first, starts gushing over her phone over how she was able to talk to Senpai some more and then the police lady doesn't come in to meet her in time. So this worries her and she heads out to where the police lady was supposed to be patrolling and she stumbles upon a crime happening, which with a gang of like thug ladies, like so, so all women gang that are um, holding the two police ladies hostage and, you know, she was at first going to run away and just call the cops, but she decides to actually actively try to interfere. And then it ends up actually getting chased by, like, the leader of the gang, who's, like, this really buff, like, tanned black lady with a knife. It actually should be really horrifying, but it's kind of played with kind of kind of more comedic way because of the way, like, the girl goes all chibi when she's running. Uh, but she's saved in the nick of time because they were going to initially drown her by... They also have those mechas that are kind of like from the start of the episode, but it's like a bigger version. So they grab the main girl and are about to drown her, as you do. And uh, she's saved by uh, the ninja girl from the ninja girl squad. She's caught by the one she has a crush on, of course, Hanzo. Um, yeah, all the ninja girls are also partially nicknamed. Like their their names are kind of shortened or cuter or feminine versions of like famous uh historical ninjas so you got hanzo you got goemon you've got you know uh hat i said i said hanzo fuma and basically other popular ninjas characters are kind of their, their names are based off of 
Probably Momo is as well, actually. So yeah. Anyway, so she gets saved. The the fight breaks out, but it's not over yet because the last villains get away in a car. And in the car, while they're being chased, uh, while they're chasing them, um, you know, they decide to take Momo with her, the ninja girls, and they point a gun at her, saying that you know this is gonna wipe out your memory. But if you join us, we're the oh, but we're the Suki Kage, and we we fight evil since the Warring States period, and right now we're we're stopping an evil organization called Morio, as you do. And um, if you join us, we're we're not gonna wipe your memory, but if you join us, we you know you you get trained by Hanzo and you'll become a ninja as well because we also like your your special sensory talents basically would be useful, and uh, yeah. So at first she's apprehensive about joining them. This is when they deliver that classic line for that one of the girls says, where it's like, oh come on, come on, join, just join us. You know, high school girls are invincible, whatever that means, and uh, yeah. She's she's uh, making all these excuses about not being able to join and stuff at first, like you know, she, like she's nothing special. Whilst the other girls are like, no, no, some of us are pretty normal too. And then um, the main girl she has a crush on stands on top of the car and then says a speech about how you know, like as long as you have the the will to do it and the courage and stuff, as well as a little bit of spice, you'll be able to do it. And she cuts up the mecha in half, and it's a big animation showcase thing at the end. And yeah, that that inspires the main girl enough to say that she would like to join. She has a sense of justice. She wants to protect the city and that she will become a ninja. So all's well that ends well. Then insert a post-credit scene of like the main villains drugging a person and saying like, oh, by the way, we know somebody from the Tsukikage uh, ninjas have decided to defect and join us. So there you go. So there's going to be a traitor character somewhere in their midst. Who knows who it will be? Ooh, intrigue. And yeah, that pretty much ends it out. So yeah. Uh... Overall, it's alright. I mean, the the arts, it kind of reminds me of a little bit like Princess Principle, but the art style is a little bit more like Yuri Yuri mixed with Sabagebu, which I'm not sure everybody would know what those other, those last two are. But it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like Princess Principle, if anybody knows what that one was, where, like, you know, it's kind of like Moe Chibi Girls with, like, superpowers. This time it's ninja-themed versus robots. It's actually, it was kind of cool that the way, you know, seeing ninjas fight Mecha for a bit because it kind of reminds me of Metal Gear. Because uh, there's like there's scenes with Raiden fighting like robots in Metal Gear Solid Four, so it kind of reminded me of that. But it's a lot more moe, of course, and it's like yeah, you know. So it's cute girls f- doing ninja things. Yeah, like, yeah, doing ninja things, fighting robots and stuff. So it actually, it's kind of like it's that's why I wouldn't normally I wouldn't class these sort of shows under moe blob because they they actually have a plot and things to do. So it's not really just doing cute things. There are cute things happening and the girl designs are cute, but uh, they're actually doing stuff. Yeah, the animation was okay. It's not as good, not, not as high production as Double Decker was, but it, for for the time we're in right now, it's it's decent. It's all right. Yeah, you know, it's, it, there's definitely a good amount of movement there. That's just very simple looking. Um, voice acting was decent. I don't know what else to say, really. Uh, <laughs> What you see is really what you get with this sort of show. It's not going to be very deep, but it's going to be like a adventure, I guess. And, you know, for what it was, it might be worth checking out. I, I'm gonna... Um, I don't know if I'm going to watch anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm going to just sit on this one a bit more. I think what I'll do is I might just wait for it to, again, just like with Double Decker, I might just wait for it all to finish, and then maybe just check it out and review at some point. So... It was alright. It wasn't, it wasn't half bad, I don't think. Do they have blue eyes? Do they have blue eyes? One of them has blue eyes. They all have different eye colors. Why, why'd you ask I don't that? I know what to say. 
can control the spice. Huh? Making do references. Oh, oh okay. You know, spice. Let the spice flow. Huh? Uh, uh, Anyone else an 80s child here? Or am I the only one? I'm, I'm not from the 80s, but I'll do it. But yeah, I, I really gotta Youngins. go. Shall we wrap up? <laughs> Indeed. Yes, we'll let the spice flow through you. Uh, yeah, Anime Pulse. Uh, so, uh, thanks again for joining us for another episode of Anime Pulse. My co-host has to go real quick, so uh, until next time, keep listening, keep watching, and keep the anime low strong. <laughs>